Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a palace right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Hello. I have three questions for you. When you're talking NBA with your white co-workers, do you say that Dallas Mavericks point guard Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA to position yourself as non-threatening in the office? And when black people think that you talk like a white person, do you reply, hey, hey, you would too if you graduated from an HBCU. Are you Rachel Dozer? If you do or are any one of these three, then you are suffering from the contribution of white privilege. Hi, my name is Nasua Nuru, and if you are looking to go from Wayne Newton to Wayne Brady, please give us a call at 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMERS. That's 1-800-HELL-NO-CAMERS. Give us a call now before you turn into TV. Everybody on a mountain, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash a bird in 40 on the Yeah, I'm acting dirty if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. Is comparing LeBron to Pippen an insult? Jay Williams, you motherfucker. How dare you? How dare you do this to LeBron James? How dare you? <laughs> Damn, yo. What's wrong with you, Jay Will? Yo. <clears throat> You know how good it is to be an NBA analyst? It's so good because they get paid they get paid money, like the same type of money that a bench player in the NBA would make, you know? Mm. So, well, that could be a little stretch because some bench players are making $14 million a year right now in the NBA. Like, I'm talking about players that only play 16 minutes a game making $14 million a year. Now you understand why they're like, oh, no, nah, we can let's, – let's finish up the season first. Let's finish up the season first. But here's the thing. Jay Will probably makes somewhere between $1 to $3 million a year being an NBA analyst. Jay Williams was one of the greatest, in my opinion, greatest college basketball players in the country in his time. And, you know – his, uh, his career got the, was a short-lived one because of a motorcycle accident before he uh, got to play for the Bulls. Well, not before he got to play for the Bulls, but during. And he has had a short-lived career. And here is Jay Will making these, I don't want to call them criticisms necessarily because Scottie Pippen is a Hall of Famer in his own right. But let's just break down these comparisons for a second. And I can tell you why LeBron is upset. Let's get to the why LeBron is upset first. So... Scottie Pippen, six rings. We all know the accolades on Scottie Pippen. But Scottie Pippen is known for being the greatest second man or the 1B player on your team because he got to play with Jordan. Well, he played with Jordan. I don't want to say like he got to. As if it's, that's a privilege. I'm just saying that him and Jordan played together. Jordan was known as the better player on the team. Therefore, by proxy, Jordan's, it's Jordan's team. Wherever LeBron went, it's been LeBron's team. So LeBron isn't a Pippen in that regard because LeBron is that Shaq, that Jordan. He's that player, the Tim Duncan. When that type of player is the leader of your team, he's looked at as the leader on your team. Hey, if I want to do females, Candace Parker, Maya Moore, those players are the leaders of your team. And everyone else is 1B, 1C, and so on and so forth. Now, here's one way you can compare LeBron and Scottie Pippen. 
Scottie Pippen made it cool to be what they call in the NBA a point forward. A forward, someone with the that with the height of someone between 6'6 to maybe 6'9, 6'10, that can dribble the ball like a point guard, uh, bring the ball up the floor like a point guard, even make point guard-like decisions. Scottie Pippen and Grant Hill, but Scottie Pippen was the first, in my opinion, to make that look fly. However, I will say that even though LeBron has that height, that build like Scottie Pippen, LeBron is more Magic Johnson. Like, this guy is really a – LeBron is realistically a point guard. He's really not even a point forward. He's just, you know, just a 6'10", 6'9", you know, freight train that can basically dribble the ball and, and come at you at any time he wants. But, you know, if I was Jay Will – Jay Will is doing what you like to do, honey. He's, he's bringing shock value, you know. He understands that he's <laughs> an analyst now. That's what he's doing. Though. He understands that he's an analyst. He's, he's just trying to get a couple of likes on his Twitter game, you know, a couple of mentions on his Twitter game so people can, you know, so he can have something to say when ESPN puts him on the radio and say, yo, why you say that thing about LeBron? Well, in my mentions, a lot of people agree with me, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I just – I find that shit really funny, man. Like, no one – like, LeBron shouldn't even reply back to that. You know, it's, it's just good television. Allow these NBA analysts to have their way to just, you know, speak their mind, speak their opinion. I mean, of course they're going to be wrong. Sometimes they're going to be right. Sometimes they make an actual fair assessment. So, in this case, it was a – it was a not-so-fair assessment. But I thought, I thought it was good drama, you know, all in all. What about you? Um – First of all, I'm insulted that you feel that I'm just that you a clickbaiter. Yeah, you yeah, yeah that yeah. I do things for shock value. Even real, you a clickbaiter. All right. Second of all, <laughs> I am a person that was born in the '80s, grew up in the '90s. Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls fan. Even though I never went to Chicago until I was about 35 years old. Up. Right. I was one of those kids. Like I was, uh, Michael Jordan. And I mean, I was actually in my in my room praying with my little brother uh when the Bulls was playing against the Knicks um in the conference finals. For them to win? I was praying for the Bulls to win. And I'm from New Jersey, which means I should be a Knicks fan. I should have been a Nets fan, maybe, but at least a Knicks fan. But, you know, whatever. I, I mean, listen, man, if you, you know, Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, I mean, if you had to choose one, yeah. I'd go with Mike, you, you know? You like, the, you like the Phoenix Suns, and I, I, I couldn't figure out that. Well, first of all, they had my favorite player, Charles Barkley, in the <laughs> early 90s. Was the, yo, that, yo, come on, man. Charles Barkley had the Nike commercial that said, I'm not a role model. Role model. Hold on to, like, like, that's as real as it get right there. But continue, though. But, okay, so at the same time, what I want to say is that don't, don't, whatever the comparison is, he should, either him, Jay Will, or LeBron should not be making light of who Scottie Pippen is. Because I feel like if Michael Jordan was the best player in the world at the height of his career, then Scottie Pippen was the second best player in the world at the height of his career. And I feel like Scottie Pippen's accolades uh, speak for themselves. Um, 
And it's not, it's not a bad comparison, you know, when you think of it. Now, everybody's all on, you know, LeBron wants to be the face of the league. He's a superstar player. He doesn't want to be second to none. He wants to be in the conversation with Michael Colby, Magic himself, the elites in that arena. Well, I feel like Scottie Pippen should be elevated to that conversation because even when Michael Jordan wasn't there, Scottie Pippen took the Bulls to, you know, the like game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. So what that says to me is that they're the second best team in the East, the fourth best team in the league. Those are not nothing to sneeze at. Like he handled his business. So all right, honey, real fast because time's running out. Real fast, I want to do something with you real, real fast. Okay, so how many rings did Scottie Pippen win when he was the number one player on his team? None. Oh, okay. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Is hiring Steve Nash in Brooklyn an insult to Tim Duncan? Not if Tim Duncan wants to be the head coach for the San Antonio Spurs after Greg Popovich retires or maybe goes somewhere else makes more sense for Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is the Michael Jordan of the San Antonio Spurs. So if he wants to just, you know, play assistant coach until, you know, that seat is, you know, that seat is ready, I dig that. Although I will say one thing about San Antonio real fast. Mm -hmm. They also have a assistant coach by the name of Becky Hammond who played for the San Antonio Stars, the WNBA team for San Antonio. She's really good, and she's also, uh, like I said, she's an assistant coach. The way that she got that job is that she was the head coach for the G League team of San Antonio. They wound up beating, like, they wound up winning the G League championships a couple years back. That's why they gave her this job as an assistant head coach. Now, with all that being said, I find that hire to be kind of funny because if, let's say if Popovich leaves, I mean, what do you have Becky Hammond there for? as an assistant head coach. I would think that you would kind of, you know, if you're looking to make headlines, make headwaves, you know, make the news, basically, you would want her to be your new head coach. No disrespect to Tim Duncan. If it was me, I probably would just go with Becky Hammond. Hmm. I would. That's just me. I'm being honest with that. Because what's the point of having her there for? To have her as an assistant coach for the next four or five years is making her look like, is, is making it look like tokenism, honestly. Right. Might as well just go ahead and make a head coach. But anyway, let's get to the Brooklyn Nets thing. So I want y'all to understand that this is what I'm talking about when I tell every when I tell you all the time how much I love the NBA and why I love the NBA because the players union power. The, their, their empowerment, the fact that the NBA, the, the CEOs, ownership, whatever term you want to use, Adam Silver, how they stand with the players with everything that they want to do. Because understand this, this has nothing to do with white privilege. Mm. This is, for real, think about this. This is a two-time MVP, Steve Nash, two-time MVP. This is one of the greatest point guards in the in NBA, okay? In the NBA. He gets to right. coach Kyrie Irving, who's going to also become one of the greatest point guards in the NBA, and Kevin Durant, who is a LeBron-like 
player, okay? So understand this for a second, too. Steve Nash don't have a bit of coaching experience, but understand this. So understand what's about to happen. This is Kevin Durant and Kyrie basically saying, yo, we train with Steve Nash. Right. He fucks with Steve Nash. Right. Steve Nash, he's going to play co-coach because he's going to listen to us. Sure. So this is what <laughs> it's like. It's like LeBron bringing Tyron Lue to Cleveland. Exactly. I mean, and here's the thing. He was the assistant coach before they got rid of the, the other guy that was there. I forgot his name because he's, uh, he's from Israel. I'm so sorry that I forgot that coach's name. I should know more because I watch sports all the time. But I forgot that because he was there for half the season. And they let him go. And then they gave not only – now, Tyron Lue was an assistant coach at a few teams for a while. Though. So in his defense, he do have credibility and experience. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that Interesting. they moved him out – they put Tyrulu, they put Tyrulu in, and this is how you know LeBron has power because this dude's never been a head coach. He just wound up with a three-year, nine million dollar deal all of a sudden. Like that's, that's dope. That's dope as hell, you know. But I think this is this if you if you are a black American and you're wondering about this white privilege thing with the players, you have to understand the players in the NBA, they are way more way more collaborative than any other sport you see. I promise you, the white people, the white Americans, all the white Europeans that's there, trust me, I hope this doesn't sound weird, but if Biden can say some things, I can say some too. Trust me, these white players are just as black as the other athletes, I promise you. I promise you, all right? They're cool as Dirk Nowitzki was running around with black women for a decade in Dallas and the black players ain't say a damn thing, okay? So trust me on this. Trust me on this, all right? Me and so, I got more in common than just bowling and rapping. I'm trying to tell you. But, yeah, what, what's your <laughs> thoughts on all that, though? As all right. So I just read an article where, you know, Charles Barkley um, was speaking his mind because Kenny Smith had mentioned how white privilege paid a part in Steve Nash being an unseasoned coach, getting access to that caliber of team. Now, real quick, I just want to say something real fast before you get to that. That's not fair that Kenny Smith said that because Mark Jackson didn't have any experience before he got the coach for Golden State. Steve Kerr only was, was, was a TNT analyst. You know, he's an NBA. He's basically calling the game, and then they wound up giving him the job at Golden, at Golden but State. But you can't use Steve Kerr because he's white. Well, well, I'm just making a point that there's other players, whether they're black or white, that got to coach without any experience. That's the point that so, I made. So that's the point that Charles Barkley made. Charles Barkley made the point that nine out of the 16 coaches who've been pulled in without experience have been black. So he cited Doc Rivers. That's right. Um, Mark Jackson. Doc Rivers, Mark Jackson. Uh, Hold on, I'll tell it you. It could be Nate McMillan. I don't even know. I mean, I know uh, and Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher, you know, and Fisher. He, he was the worst one out of all of them. But you know, but, but you know, uh, Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith tried to make the point that it it, it wasn't as it's it's not as so much as hiring the coaches without experience as putting them with this caliber of team. But like you said, like we mentioned, LeBron bringing Tyron Lue into the fold, you know, that was a championship contention team. Honey, let me ask you a question, yo. 
Who you think the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers is? Frank Vogel or LeBron James? LeBron, wherever LeBron James goes, he's he's dictating what happens. Exactly. Well, what makes you think Kevin Durant with his two rings ain't, and Kyrie with his one ring with LeBron ain't thinking that they can't do the same thing? But that's that that you you actually brought up that point, and it makes it make sense that yo, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie Irving has proven to be pretty vocal about what he likes and what he wants. And he understands his his star power and his skill level. I'm sure he had a say in who was going to be coach. I'm sure that, like you said, Tim Duncan is probably not even trying to move. He he probably wants to end up being the head coach of San Antonio Spurs. So it's no slight to him. It's probably no slight to any coach. You know, it, it just made sense for Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, they worked together in the past. They feel like, you know, we could, you know, have some sort of symbiotic relationship because we already get along with Steve Nash and he gets to make his bones on the team that could potentially win the championship. He just, it's just luck of the draw. I don't think that this is a white, a white privilege play. Is Mackenzie Scott being the richest woman in the world while Nicole Young begs for $200 million in insult? Hell, you know, not when you sign a prenum. This is what, this is what a prenum is all about. And if you, I read the article about, uh, what's her name again? Nicole, right? Nicole Young. The difference between Dr. Dre and Jeff Bezos is basically a prenuptial agreement. That's really the difference. So Nicole is upset that she doesn't get to live the same lifestyle that she used to when she was with Dr. Dre. She was talking about the, you know, she wants her security guard. She wants the helicopter. She says that she's played a very critical role in the success of Dr. Dre. You know, I'm going to start saying something to people, whether you're male or female, you're start, and you are the person that says you are very detrimental. Well, not detrimental. You are a sole critical reason of someone's success, you better start having receipts. Because the one that is successful don't remember any of that Trust me on that. <laughs> you think Dr. Dre is going to say that Nicole is the reason why he makes beats right now? You think so? That's not happening. Nicole is not the reason Dr. Dre has beats by Dre. Hmm. Right? Is this no disrespect to Nicole? It's just it is what it is. Because if it was, then you wouldn't have a prenuptial agreement. One thing about women, and I disagree with you women about this a lot. Women believe that marrying them is taking time away from them. That's crazy. That's what a divorce is all about. That's why they want that money to come back to them. They think that. When you divorce them, you have wasted their time. Their time needs to be, uh, what's that word? It needs to be reciprocated. Mm. It needs to be monetized. They want reparations. Mm. Think about it. They want reparations. Yo, what the hell did Miss McKenzie really do for Jeff Bezos? Mm. Except for be with him. No disrespect. 
I mean, she's an author. She's all these great things. But you didn't make $68 billion by being an author. She's not the greatest author you ever heard in your life. I thought Stephen King was something like that or Ernest Hemingway. Hell, you can even put, uh, what's my <laughs> homegirl, Zane? What, what's her name? Zane? What's the black woman that's an author? Zane, right? Zane, yeah. Yeah, you know, they could have used her. I don't know. I'm just saying, there's a lot of authors that I think that are better than her. Robert Greene, you know, who knows? I'm just saying that she's a $68 billion author. Mm. Yeah, right. <clears throat> no, I'll let you, I, I, when you said, <clears throat> I thought you was about to hop right on in there, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm basically done. I, I'll let you know the science of it. You know what I mean? Women treat this like prostitution. It is, you know, short stay, 10 years, that costs X amount of dollars, full hour, 20 years, this costs this amount of dollars. Or, you know, if you have access, we'll take, I mean, access, assets and assets. <laughs> we will take car, your house, kids, whatever the case may be. What, what I was going to interject was that, you know, Nicole Young is an attorney, right? Okay. So I would venture to say, that she contributed more to Dr. Dre's success than Mackenzie Scott contributed to Jeff Bezos' success. How do you know that? Because she's a lawyer? Because she's a lawyer, I'm sure that he consulted with her on matters that, you know, could have been uh, key to him making the business deals that he made. And you don't think that she's been... Uh taken care of for those decisions? But here, here, here's, here's the reason why I pose this question, right? Oh, okay. Why, why I feel like it's important to, to make the distinction, right? Because here you have just Jeff Bezos, who is the richest human being to ever have lived, right? Congrats to you, white man. Congrats. He's the richest human being ever. And his wife is the richest woman in the world based on him making a business decision and understanding what marriage was right so just make a she should make a she should make a uh she should make a company just called amazonian just say so so if you're if what i'm saying what i'm saying to to people and when we make this a, a black and white issue right whereas apparently dr dre feels like she wasn't with him shooting in the gym she doesn't deserve whatever she's asking for. So he's fighting against giving her that and he wants to give her something reasonable as to not as to protect his fortune. Whereas Jeff Bezos, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Jeff Bezos immediately, this was very quick, very quickly gave his wife, his ex-wife, 25% of his net worth. You know why you do that? You do that when you fucking Paris Hilton in front of your wife's face in the hot tub, okay? What I'm saying to you is that it's a, it, it, it shows how we value women. Oh, no, no, no. It does. It speaks to how we value women because what, it, what it's essentially saying is like, Jeff Bezos is like, listen, I'm going to give you a quarter of my whole entire net worth. You're going to be the richest one in the world. There's no... There's no long drawn out process. There's no going back asking for and making justifications as to what my worth is. This is fine for me. 
Nicole Young is begging her husband, who is almost a billionaire, for $2 million a month to maintain the lifestyle that he, that he created for her. You know what I'm saying? And it's about value. And if you think about marriage in, in terms of a business, then you make better decisions up front so that way when it is time for the marriage to end, you know what I mean? She's not clamoring or fighting for what is due to her. That's bullshit, honey. This is why you just don't get married with all that. Because this is this is this is crazy. This is crazy right here. First of all, one person signed an agreement, the other one did not. That's all. That's this, that's just the difference. Nicole signed the prenup. The other one did not. I'm pretty sure these men probably did in front of their faces or behind their backs that these wives know about. Because I'm pretty sure Jeff Bezos don't want to just give away $68 billion to anybody. Obviously, you know, I mean, she's over here donating money to HBCUs. She probably had a few black men in the house and just couldn't take that either. Who knows? We don't know if Jeff Bezos is a cuckold that's worth $200 billion. Hanif, you don't know yeah. what's going fun, on in these people's lives. Fun fact. Yes. All stepfathers are cucks. Stepfathers? If you, mar if you marry or date a woman who already has children, then you participate in cuckoldry. That makes no sense. Where do you get that from? I'm just saying, I'm just taking the, the basic that's, definition. That's, what's the basic definition of cuckolding? The basic definition of cuckold yes. is a man mm -hmm. who takes care of children that aren't his own. That's what a cuckold is? That's, that's, that's the definition of cuckolding? That's, yeah, that's like the basic definition of what it is. Nah, wait, keep talking while I, I'm gonna find, like, I need to go cuckold, meaning different, I have to do this right now. <laughs> now they got some fetish sex term right here. This is this is very different. This is very different than what you're talking about. Okay. So they well, this is an urban dictionary, but they say a man who willingly encourages his wife to sleep with other people because it brings some pleasure. There's enough. There's, there's a certain type of a cup hold that's a. Uh, a masochistic, I don't even know how to pronounce this, M-A-S-O-C-H-I-S-T-I-C cuckold who enjoys humiliations, degradation, and other demeaning activities at the hands of his wife and her lover. The alpha cuckold, uh oh, get this, the alpha cuckold, lies at the opposite end of the spectrum and does not enjoy any form of humiliation and often has a direct say in who sleeps with his wife with and when. Hey, yo, what the f***? Right here. Is Willow Smith buying a $3.1 million starter home in Insult while I'm four days late on my rent? Think about this for a second. Think about this for a second. This is what I'm talking about as far as, you know, your kids are millionaires. You're millionaires. You can just leave. You can leave. Jada and Will don't need each other. Their kids are millionaires. They look. Willow just bought herself a startup mansion kit, okay? Yeah. Their family is good forever. Yeah. I feel as though that they're just, 
they're letting this gossip, letting this this Hollywood media, and letting themselves be wrapped up in it just for you know, hey, because as you know, in Hollywood, you know, bad publicity is still good publicity. It's publicity nonetheless, you know. So hey, just keep talking about us, and we're going to keep making our movies and keep doing our red talk discussions and keep doing Bad Boys for Life Part Five. We can do whatever we want, man. We dismiss. We got this. We rock our hair back and forth. You heard? That's what we do out here. Um, I paid my rent. <laughs> I paid my rent. Um, no, I'm. I yo, that's how the supposed to be. Like, listen, if if they've done everything that they were supposed to do to amass the wealth that they were supposed to amass, and now their children are showing that you know, they're reaping the rewards of it, then Willow should have a $3.1 million house and she should enjoy it. I'm not mad at it whatsoever. You think once, um, what's the son's name again? Jaden. You think once Jaden gets a, a, a mansion, you think August would be his roommate? Nah, he's not banging. Like, I think Jaden even stopped when Jaden just put out a new album. He's not yeah. even putting Smith on the back of it. He's disowning his family. <laughs> He's pissed. Tell me what's an icon living. Jay, yo, Jay and don't even be showing up. Like, if you notice when they be doing like family events with the red table talk or whatever, Jay and I think Jay and showed up like via Skype for Father's Day when he when he hollered at his dad. Gangster. But other than that, they'd be like, Jayton's busy doing something. He's not here. Jayton's you know, and I, I f with Jayden. I f with his music. You listen to you ever listen to Jayden music? Oh, he was an icon living. Yeah, it's dope. Hey, bro, he got this drink called 1990 mm -hmm. on his um Jayden album. Yeah. So his album was called what was the album called? I don't know which one. Uh it was like blue or something like that. That's how the album started off. But he got this drink called 1990 that it's called the, the Sire album. Oh, Sire. oh that's, that's the one that came out in 2017. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I don't mean to play it. But he got this drink called 1990 where he just, he, he talking about the woes that he's having with a woman friend. Is real emo, and he does this dream where like he's he's spitting, singing, he's doing his whole like eclectic orchestra of music. Yeah. In the studio, then he like yo man, f it, I ain't got nothing to say. Throw the mic, and then come back and give you like another three minutes of music. It's like a seven minute song, but the is so fire. Yeah, the boy is talented. He he surpasses pops definitely, and if if people take to him, you know, because his music is, you know, a little on the eclectic side, he, he makes good music. I mean, it's, that's, it's hereditary. It's, it's in his blood. It's in his blood at this point, you know what I mean? You're talking about talent such as Jada and Will. And see, this is where, like, the, the, hum the science of human is just so deep, although it's also very simplistic. It's 
we don't really know each other. I mean, Will and Jada just probably were two good-looking people that were in Hollywood and said, yo, we should be together. And she was like, yeah, we should. And, and, and they built the empire, and now they don't, know how to, they don't know how to act. Do you find it insulting that all of this wealth exists, but so does poverty? Think about this for a second. When you're born, you don't know your race. You don't know where you were born at. You don't know who birthed you. You don't know the people that birthed you are rich, poor, from Detroit, from the Aspens. You don't know shit. So to even ask that type of question, to find the, 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 the disparities, the differences of people that are born wealthy or get to create wealth and those who are poor, but let's say the ones that are born poor, they create wealth. I mean, this, this world, whether you like it or not, has shown pipelines where people can go from the bottom to the top, point blank period. And the problem with that, that, that pipeline is that everybody won't be able to reach that level of topness, you know? But you may get better from one place to another. I mean, this thing about, let's just get real simplistic about it. Let's say somebody from the projects who come from nothing, but when they get to, when they 32, they wind up making a job, they wind up getting a job or a career that makes them $18 an hour. That's a come up for somebody. Look at where somebody have come from and look at where they at right now. It's kind of hard. It's, it's, it's one of the most subjective things in the world to say, bro, because what if you were birthed into money? Look, yo, when you met me, you thought I was rich. How the f am I rich if I live in Newark like you? You lived in the house that your parents owned. You're an a My grandmother owned it. Well, yeah. That's not, I'm just saying, but, but, I, but you just made my point for me. You don't even know me. Right. You walked in, you made the assumption, kept that in your soul for a hundred years and bring that back to my attention only to realize like, oh, this dude was just like me, which is fine. Cause I felt that way. I didn't go into your, you know, to your place where you live that on South 7th street and be like, yo man, Hanif got it bad. What? This is no, this is the same shit that I go through. I just live in a different place. Right. I know I live like, you can say that, but I live with 10 people in that house. Do you not forget? Yeah. You counted them. How about that? You know, so my thing is, when we're young, we have to not look at things as if, like, yo, Dave Chappelle made that made that um, uh, that observation too when he said he wound up living in, uh, I think I think it's called Silver Lakes, that's in Maryland, Silver Springs, and he was saying that you know his parents moved from D.C. to Silver Springs, and he was hanging out with all these white people, and he realized like, damn, you know, I didn't know that I was poor. Until you started hanging out with some people that was <laughs> that that really got some, sh and that's 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 the thing that we're we're at in our in our society, man. It's like you was talking about that last week about our social economics. People don't, I don't think people don't think that they you know that they poor. Yo, people know. It's just that when you have one life, it's like how could you even let that let that permanent in your mind that hard you talk about saving money and, and yo honestly yo i hate financial advisors i'm gonna be honest with you i really hate financial advisors because they always want to tell you about trying to 
you know, save money to, you know, basically help you, help you, uh, you know, what's, what's that word? What they want you to do? They want you to basically consolidate your debt. They want you to get, get rid of your debt. You know, try to pay all of your student loan. Wow. Get what? Maybe I should just find a way to just, you know, pay as I go, make sure that, you know, if I can keep a decent amount of credit, whatever, but why should I even go through all of that? Why? Like that's, that, that is wasting 10 years of my life that I can do other things with, with that money. Fuck you, America. I'm not doing that shit. You just want me to do that shit. What is that going to do for me? So now when I'm 41 and I'm debt free, I, what, what I'm going to do? Put that on social media and say, hey, y'all, I'm debt free. Give me 600 likes because I'm debt free. Who gives a f Yeah. I just, I, I feel like it's something fundamentally wrong with a world where somebody can have $200 billion and then another person is being evicted next month. You know what I'm saying? There's this. Jeff Bezos should give you should give you some of that money to pay your No, I feel like Jeff Bezos should be compensated for his ingenuity and his business acumen, but at some point it becomes completely excessive. Like if he's the richest person to ever have lived, if he has access to two hundred billion dollars, right? What that's saying is that he has a certain level of power as an individual that nobody else has access to, right? And what happens is in a society where everybody's kind of trying to coexist, it becomes disproportionate. And, the, and, the, and another thing that I think people fail to realize is, is that in order for him to have $200 billion, then that person who doesn't have anything has to exist. They, they work together as a tandem. Extreme poverty and extreme wealth are byproducts of each other. And we need to figure out a way where everybody has an equitable stake. And if it's a true meritocracy where people are paid based on their value and based on how hard they work and how much effort they put in, then the stakes looks a little different for the man who works two jobs, 18 hours a day grinding than the person who wakes up, puts two hours in their conference calls, and then is yachting for the rest of the day. It doesn't make sense. So that, that balance needs to be shifted in order for the average person to be able to be like, yo, I can get wealthy by working hard. You know what I'm saying? The term is to work smarter, not harder, though, right? I, I understand that, but what I'm saying, but they tell you, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. They tell you the people who work the hardest, you know, are, are the most special or whatever. But it's not true. It's not translating because you got people working hard, but they're not being paid a, a decent enough wage to even cover their basic expenses. So then they're making financial decisions that doesn't behoove them and they can't get out of the trap. Working hard is very, is very subjective, though. That, that's a very subjective line because here's the thing about that. Some people work hard making $8 an hour. Some people work hard making $15 an hour. Some people work hard and are unionized, honey. What I'm saying is that nobody, no working adult should be making $8 an hour. I agree with that. You understand what I'm saying? I so, agree. 
you you had those disparities where you got a system. But, but you know why they had those disparities, right? Because they have places like college and trade school. Yeah, but what, what you have is you have a society who has never, you have America. America has never figured out how to be America without free labor, without slavery. That, but that's because of school and training. Because so look, you want to make money in America, go to school. That's what that's how they come at you. Go to college. Right? But even that is a whole nother discipline in yourself. And it's a numbers game because you can graduate college and get a degree. But if you're in a field that a whole bunch of other people want to be in, you gotta wait your turn. Which means you wind up, you may wind up having a different career choice than what you ever thought you was gonna be. Oh yeah, by the way. That career choice may not even be a career that you want to even to be in, but because it's only one life to live and you got to pay dues and rent right now, you want to take this opportunity and then now you want to soak and mope your hope at least the first, what well, the first, but the next 25 years of your life because you have to take a career choice because it wasn't, because the field wasn't, uh, the field wasn't open for you and now you got to mope. This is the problem though. Our grandparents were able to graduate high school, go work at whatever the local factory was in the, in the community and make enough money to raise their children, put them through college, take a vacation, buy a car and live comfortably on 30 grand a year. Right. No, no. All I was going to say about that is. Now, so then now we should talk about cost of living because cost of living is a big problem in America for everybody. White, black, Spanish, don't matter. That's a problem for everybody. Because wages have been flat for 40 years. That's the reason why cost of living is a problem because everything else is following the natural trajectory of inflation, except for wages. Wages are not being paid out to cover the cost of basic sh and I'm this telling you, this is why I want you to be mad at Queen Latifah and not praise her when she comes to this city and talk about, yeah, she they're gonna put up some buildings because those apartment buildings should be dumb cheap. Like you're already rich, Queen Latifah. I agree with that. Queen Latifah should be charging twenty percent below market rate for every apartment that she lists in the every city of New York. One, not ten percent of them. Every single one of them. Every single one, and and renting them to people in the city from the city you know what i'm saying that you know, work in the city that work in the city like you know what i'm saying because there's no point of charging 20 percent less and giving more money to some person who works in manhattan but they can't afford to live in manhattan no but people who live in newark who want to continue to live in newark who work in newark and want to continue to work in newark they should be paying 20% below market value in order to, until the wages makes up for what the rent should actually be. Let me give you a, 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 some area, some area of study I've been, I've been doing. I don't know if you've been hearing this, but a lot of people in Manhattan have been leaving Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan may be cheap in six months. Possible. It's possible, you know. Relatively speaking. Relatively. But that's the point that I'm making is, is 
COVID has shut down an area to a point where people that were paying overpriced units anyway said, oh, no, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah, we leave Right. For sure. You know? So I know for sure that the disparities of rich and poor, wealthy and rich, you know, is, is really the luck of a draw. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. Let me part your seat, Exodius. Get a hold of this, cuz we warriors. Exodia, who got that Magnolia? We can kick back like no shows. They was never live like no shows. Girl, get a young guy with an old soul. Man, I shine like rose gold with a V8 engine. Bro ripping, robbing, givens, got me tripping. Boomerang, she caught me slipping. Right back around, I came, I found my lane. You, girl, so what you wanna do, girl? Oh, you got your nails and hair did? Well, I unscrew curls. Oh, please, Lord, help this child. Bet you ain't seen a belt in a while. No, you the ice ain't melt in a while. But I bet that I, if you let me, bet you won't forget me. If you let me, bet you won't forget me. You should let me anytime you wanna. Shorty, let me just call me so we go. You know I don't give a. So what's up? What we gon'? What we gon'? You should let me anytime you wanna. Shorty, let me just call me so we go. You know I don't give a. So what's up? What we gon'? You should let me. You should let me. Anytime you want, you should let me, you should let me. Anytime you want, you should let me, you should let me. Anytime you want, you should let me, you should let me. Anytime you want, you my missing linen. Found you sitting around Egyptian women, listen to your business. You <laughs> like rich and ignorant, but who doesn't though? They pay the bills and they don't love no hoe with steps sterling ass and he don't get that love no more. That's different, y'all know what the fair thing and just bug the door and that's why I love you, girl. You take me for this regular fly, motherfucker from the north side of Nork. At the Brentford game court shot in the Buick. Damn, why can't we make love last one night? It's quick. She blessed me, cause I'm tight. I don't think you want me, just wanna fuck me. I mean, you want me to fuck you. You the baddest bitch, I think Trina fun you. Let's be your item, we work a couple. Don't worry about her, I'll get rid of her tomorrow. I ain't mean to put the pussy, but she thought I was a star. Oh shit. You should let me anytime you wanna. Shorty, let me. Just call me so we go. You know I don't give a. So what's up? Where we gone? Where we gone? You should let me. Hey yo, what the f? This is a pallet right here.